Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast. I am Johanna, I'm the Board Game Guru and Game Master Extraordinaire. Uh, I'm Casualty CDG, and you can call me Casualty CDG. You can find me at Casualty CDG, and I'm I used to be a detective, and now I'm a games guy. And I am the professional media and movie mastermind, the Funhouse, Drew Munhausen. And, uh. <clears throat> Hi, this is Johnny Knoxville, and welcome to Fresh Out the Podcast. There you go. Yeah, you know why they uh, call him the Funhouse? Was that good? Was that a good impression? Since it's a week later and not the week of the Royal Rumble at all, Jahan, you'll be happy to know that Bobby Lashley beat Brock Lesnar. I am pleased to know, because fuck uh, Brock Lesnar. So tying it back to the conversation we're about to have, um, well, the Men's Royal Rumble um, has definitely happened, wink, wink, you know, a week ago. Mm -hmm. um, And you'll talk about the winner later. But we could talk about the winner later. Yeah. Uh, and uh, But I will say Johnny Knoxville is an entrant in this year's WWE Royal Rumble. That makes so sense. I was gonna, they've been on the show before, and it makes sense with the coming out of... Uh, Jackass Forever, the fourth Jackass theatrical release movie, uh, following Jackass the movie, Jackass number two, and Jackass 3D, and now we have Jackass forever um which actually at the time that this audio episode is dropping will be out in theaters after getting delayed multiple times due to the pandemic and it was supposed to come out sometime in the fall and uh and it got pushed and now it's uh it's it's actually happening and while we're not going to talk about that movie right now um especially because it's in theaters and and probably a lot of people we wouldn't Maybe want to seen spoil it yet because... anything. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, Giant Knoxville gets hit in the nuts. But I wanted to talk about Jackass in general. Okay. Because Jackass... Okay, I should I should have had this already pulled up before we started recording. But if I have my information correct off the top of my head, I believe Jackass ran for three seasons on TV. Um, and like from 2000 to 2002 ish, I want to say if I have my timing right. Um, but just for me as a, in 2000, I would have been what 11 (laughs) and was definitely watching Jackass when it was on. And my friends were too. It was super popular. It was, you know, Jackass was huge in pop culture at the time, like like huge. I mean, Johnny Knoxville at that time was ultra famous, and his crew of guys, you know, from Steve O and Chris Pontius and Bam Margera and Wee Man and all those guys were were famous by affiliation. Um, and for better or for worse, Jackass was like kind of defining pop culture stuff for me at that time. Like I watched a lot of it. Um, it was always on on MTV, and it was at that time where I was kind of growing out of watching things like Nickelodeon and the Disney Channel that I had been watching previously. And I was starting to, you know, I was on the precipice of becoming a teenager, and Jackass was the cool, cool yeah. thing to watch, which 
it's funny now as an adult being like, yeah, that was cool at the time. But what what is y'all's experience with Jackass? So I can't even think about Jackass without having to mention CKY. Same. Um, CKY for me, the the DVDs were a group of friends, and yeah. the group of friends, the the antics that they did, literally led directly into Jackass. MTV started producing them mixed with some uh, Hollywood types, which was Johnny Knoxville. Uh, he wasn't part of that CKY cast. And Steve-O and Chris Pontius. Uh, a lot of those guys were new. But, of course, Bam Margera and Ryan Dunn and uh, Jeff Tremaine. A lot of those guys were from CKY from way back. Yeah. So uh, there would be no jackass without a CKY. We got my, my brother was six years older than me, so he went to the local like smoke shop and skate shop on Mason Road. It was called Bizarre Bazaar, and it's I remember actually that place. It's actually still there. Yeah, Bizarre uh, Really? Yeah, yeah, it's still a big time. It's a chain. Uh, that yeah, shocks like me. Two, wow. yeah, that's right. So he, uh, that's where we went, and there were like, uh, you know, they had bongs and they had. Uh, vibrators and all sorts of stuff that like high school kids and, and elementary kids shouldn't have been seeing, but we wanted CKY. So we got the CKY DVDs, we got CKY 2K, and we watched them nonstop. And I think mm. we even made you watch them growing up. I know we made Chris Polanski watch them. And so we would like eat, sleep, and breathe CKY. I mean, I've seen the CKY movies at maybe more than any feature film. Because I, you're right. At that time I, in our life, we were junior high kids. Of course we were the market for that. Because the CKY guys were in, like, you know, high school. They were, like, 19, 20 filming that shit. We were almost their exact target demographic. I had definitely watched those with, with you guys. But I think I had watched them after watching a lot of Jackass stuff. So, like, you think you've seen it all with Jackass. And then you watched CKY. And some of that stuff was just so disgusting and yeah so jackass is mtv rated um it's rated for cable tv no pooping on windows on jackass yeah that's right cky was not rated it was a dvd you had to get like i said you couldn't get it at blockbuster cky had a lot of poop in it uh yeah there was poops on mouths (laughs) there were people getting peed on and it was how do I say it was all in good fun? It was not like a gross sex thing. It was all in good fun. <laughs> I, I know. I know when I say, well, look, if I say they're getting peed on in a video that you had to get at a sex shop, it really sounds like I'm setting you up for a golden shower scene. But that's not what this is. These are these are, you know, friendly pranks, the, the, the friendly type of prank where you put your poop on your friend's mouth. <laughs> Gross. He um, almost he almost killed that guy after that prank. Uh, but yeah, so true. my experience. Uh, so yeah, I have a very similar experience. Uh, you have, you brought up a good point, Drew. This was the transition from you know Disney and cartoons to trying to be an adult. Uh, and we thought this was so. I would like to first off say, fresh off the podcast and its affiliates, do not advocate for <laughs> the repeat of any of the uh, stunts that you see in these shows. Uh, we're did we try them when we were kids? Sure. But don't do it. We were stupid, and we all almost died. Uh, but, yeah, I had a very different experience. I got all... I think I got this off of LimeWire. 
you know, uh, we used to just like download like the most fucked up, like we used like the faces of death and all that fucked up shit. You know, you're a kid. You're trying to, you're trying to play like, Hey, I heard that there was bad stuff. And then you're trying to look at it. Uh, but CKY watched the shit out of it. We would always try to prank each other. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> we, CKY had awesome music. It had hilarious music, like the Beastman Skeletor song. Ah, Skeletor! <laughs> it, uh, it, like, you know, there was, like, Ramstein and stuff in the mm. in the transition scenes. So there was a lot of cool stuff. You know, skateboarding tricks. Uh, you know, Tony Hawk Pro Skater was really big at that time. And, of course, Bam was a professional skater. So there was the, the couple of, like, 15, 20-minute breaks during the stunts yeah. when it would just be Bam's skateboarding sessions. And so it was kind of a way to just to get his name and his skateboarding tricks out there because, like I said, the shop we went to was a skate shop, too. And it was sort of labeled as the skate video, um, which yeah. is super cool. Skate was really in at the time. Again, that just stuff has... nodding to the late 90s. Well, and, and I'll say this. I, I rewatch. So because of the new Jackass movie coming out, I was like, yeah, it's time to rewatch the Jackass movies. And I've rewatched um, the first one. And, mm. you know, some of the skateboarding stuff has made it into that. You know, there's a there's a, a part in the first Jackass movie where it, it is it's Tony Hawk and Matt Hoffman and Bam Margera. And they're all wearing like just clothing full of pads, like to make them look really fat. And then they're no. just going around a skate oh, yeah, park, you know, on a vert ramp doing tricks. And like some of the stuff is actually impressive and just looks funny because of the suits they're wearing, but, um, aren't they shoving each other like really, really fast too? every now and then they'll do stuff like that. But for the most part, it's just like, it just looks funny. And those are the stunts that I, I really enjoy that make me laugh so when it gets into more of the stuff of like shooting off bottle rockets that are tied to the end of somebody's wee wee. Like that's the stuff that makes me Wasn't go, that. That was Jack H3, you know. right? That's in the first one. Is it? So, oh, yeah. To me, that is like one of the the classic differences between Jackass and CKY is it seemed like the guys in CKY were all friends that were fucking with each other. And it seems like the guys in Jackass put fireworks on their dicks for attention. And, well, and, and you can tell one of them put a toy car up their butt and then went to the doctor. Yeah, that's Ryan Dunn. That's true. That's a CKY guy. He, he's the dead one, right? He is the dead one. Very good. Which that was the stunt that Steve-O would not do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sorry that that's how you're being remembered, right? <laughs> you did uh, other yeah. things. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's just you can tell in the first one it's interesting how they obviously had a list of sketches or skits that mm. they, you know, they they those guys must all just sit around and brainstorm hundreds of ideas and then they choose the ones that they're going to do. Yeah. I bet you. Some um, of them I think are really funny. Some of them I think are way overproduced. Yes. Like, uh, like the giant hand in the hallway that slaps people coming around the corner. That's Just funny. funny. It's funny. That's fun. super funny. But like when you have a giant ramp and you're out there filming for like six hours of people trying to jump over boats and your fireworks are going off and you have flags and like, you just, I get it for your intro of Jackass when you do the slow motion overproducing. Yeah. It's really funny. But other than that, the low production is sort of the, the draw to that. Pretty uh, much. It's kind of charming in a weird way. Yeah, you just want to, see that a regular, you want to see a regular guy eat shit doing a regular thing. So I think 
you're driving at in the right direction. Uh, and I think that me and you share an opinion here. Uh, so the I feel like the overproduction, uh, the real reason why we don't like it as much is because uh, it's not as genuine. Like the underproduced stuff, they're just friends. They're friends hanging out. You see yourself. You see your friends. They're hanging out. And, you know, they're not good male role models, but they were older kids that we could look up to and like, hey. Let's do this stupid shit as well. I feel like that might be why the uh, the the grainy underproduced shit, where they're younger and they're just fucking with each other randomly, is uh, maybe more fun. And there are some sketches that they do in in public, you know, where maybe they're yes. dressed as an old man and they're like falling down a set of stairs or whatever. And sometimes they're doing those skits, and it makes you realize that humanity's not all bad because usually there are some good people in the crowd that like rush to help them yeah. or there's like a nice person that that is genuinely <laughs> concerned for their safety and you're like oh yeah like there's still there's still some good people out there it's nice to see and then there's also the ones that are definitely uh crimes <laughs> Those, oh, ones are, sure. those ones are really funny. Too, those ones though. are really fucking funny. Uh, uh, like I, again, I like I Shit Dollar. You remember Shit I Dollar? Loved, I loved Shit Dollar. Shit Dollar, that guy's like, let me see the money. He's like, <laughs> they're trying to get him to sign a waiver after they got human feces on his hand. I'm uh, thinking of the one where they're in like Manhattan in New York City at the McDonald's and Chris Pontius just walks up in only a hoodie and just puts his dick right against the window against like an old couple is eating breakfast and it's just <laughs> balls up against the window. Like that's most definitely a crime. And I that's, don't condone that might be a felony. That was very fucking that might be funny a felony. when I was 13. It was hilarious. Uh, it would probably be funny to watch him do it now. It's, I'm it's, not going to do it. It is still funny. Uh, no. And then there's the one where they like pooped against the window while people were eating. Yeah. There's a lot of those that are questionable. Uh, there's some, even in the first, like in the first movie there, where they're not even in a public place, like they're just in a hotel room or something together, mm. and it's like, hey, yes. let's just give each other paper cuts between our fingers and toes, and like, and that's Ooh, the I remember. why, why? <laughs> I this remember is, no. that. Nobody wants to see this. I fucking that. tried that shit. That shit hurts. Why would you try that? <laughs> because. Oh, yes, yeah, so and, and, and that falls back into it's not friends pranking each other. It's just assholes doing something for attention. Mm. Uh, like if your friend was asleep and you walked over and zapped him with paper and gave him a fucking paper cut well now it's funny again because that's your friend and he's asleep and like if you keep doing it over the course of a week and you keep filming you paper cutting him that's way funnier than everyone trying to paper cut their own See, I enjoy uh, it to a point because it's uh, the, like watching the peer pressure happen is funny like it's like do it, do it. I don't know it can be funny uh, peer pressure is bad. Don't peer pressure people. Yeah, peer pressure is gross, John. What it are you is doing? gross. But it's it, it was funny in the movie. I was ten <laughs> or eleven. Well, it was when, funny when me and Gary were in high school. You know, a friend of ours, Kyle, had a lake house that we would go to mm. a lot during the summers. And at one point, you know, we were there for like a couple weeks straight. And naturally, we brought a video camera with us and we had our own plan like we're gonna film our own video and i remember we were gonna call it donkey because yeah, we were we're very creative and it's pretty it's still a pretty funny name yeah yeah and so um 
<laughs> and I remember we did film, I can't even remember all the stuff we filmed, but we filmed a bunch of dumb stunts or things. Nothing n nearly to the level of the things that the jackass guys do. Um, and of course, like, I think I still have those tapes somewhere. They're not viewable because it's such old technology. <laughs> I don't think that there's any way for me to even view it. But, you know, we were influenced. We did yeah. stuff. Uh, and it just it kind of makes me cringe a little, but also like, you know, we were having fun and these were always fun to watch. And uh, and now there's a new one and I'm interested to go see it and have some nostalgia for seeing Knoxville and Steve-O and Wee Man again. Like, that's always fun. Yeah, man. Uh, <clears throat> see, we didn't have we didn't have the camera. Uh, but we might have done stuff that was on par with some of the shit they were, we were doing. Stupid shit, man. Uh, you know, just kids playing over here in the bayou. Um, I'll, I'll say one of the more tame ones. Uh, a friend of mine, right? It was This was like a low-impact one that had zero chance of hurting anybody. So we were like, yeah, do it! Like, you know, no qualms. Uh, a friend of mine got on like a tricycle, had a lightsaber... And like, ha ha ha! I'm gonna joust a bush, right? Nothing it's pretty, wrong with that. It's yeah. pretty. It's pretty low risk. It's soft. It's a bush. Fucking crashes into the bush, and we hear ah ah ah. Fucking, we're like, what? Like, quit being a, uh, a bitch. And fucking, uh, he comes up and he has this twig like coming out of his nose, and uh, I'm like. It doesn't look that bad. And he starts pulling it out of his nose and pulling it out of his nose and pulling it out of his nose like he was, like, fucking intubated. Like, he... It was, like, a foot of twig up his nose, man. It was crazy. Uh, and that was one of the lower-impact ones. We had a bunch of ideas that, luckily, we didn't pursue because some of them definitely would have been illegal. But I remember one of them... I think it was, I don't remember if this was Gary's idea or Kyle's idea, but they had a name for it, and it was going to be called Operation Knock Knock Rhino. Yeah, Gary, Operation, Operation Knock Knock Rhino is still in my head to this very day. I would still film Operation Knock Knock Rhino. So you, the, the idea, Jahan, is that you, you get a rhinoceros mascot costume. Mm -hmm. You knock on the back door of somebody's house. Mm -hmm. And when they open it, you charge through the house, just knocking shit over, and you run out the front door. You unlock it and run out the front door and run down the street. That's, yeah, that's a felony. Well, yeah, but a lot of the things in Jackass are felonies. We already talked yeah. about. Yeah. So that's Operation Knock yeah. Knock Rhino. And you just Oof. do it at a bunch of different places. I, you film it a bunch of different mm -hmm. times. But if you do it here in Texas, then you, you get probably shot. Get shot. Right. And we have uh, to say, yeah, there's that's a saying, what I was going to get to. There's a saying around here. Uh, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Uh, and so don't do that in Texas. You will. I can almost guarantee you'll get shot. Because uh, people are crazy around here. Everyone has guns. Um, Definitely don't do any of these things. Don't do any of these things. I already warned you legally. I, I don't know the legal ramifications, but hey, don't do it. No, I think the only other thing I'll say about growing up with Jackass is how interesting the career of Johnny Knoxville was to watch. Like, a no. dude who literally got famous from doing these silly stunts then goes on to be in, like, big franchise movies. Like, mm -hmm. he was in a Men in Black movie, mm -hmm. and I believe he voiced one of the 
Ninja Turtles in those live action Ninja Turtles movies. That yeah, he's had a career. And, uh, you know, he's and then he's done all the jackass movies, whatever. But I don't know. It's just been interesting to see him act. Wasn't he in a movie with The Rock? Uh, yes. Yeah, Walking Walk Hard? Walk, walk Tall, I think. Walking, walking Tall? Is that what it's called? It was actually not bad movie. And Johnny Knoxville is actually pretty good at it, uh, if I recall correctly. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not rewatching the Dukes of Hazard movie anytime mm. soon. <laughs> oh my gosh, he is in that. He huh? is in that. Yeah, it been Sean, Sean William William Scott. Scott yeah. mm-hmm. Oh that's my me. god, that, Jessica Simpson. That's what so, I would have. That movie doesn't exist. Oh my god, my god. that, that takes me back. <laughs> that takes me back. All right, um, but as far yeah, so. You guys don't want to admit to any crimes on air? Okay, cool. Let's move on. <laughs> no, I don't Me have too either. much else to say about it. I just, you know, I can't help but I be weirdly excited a for a new, a new Jackass movie to be out. Especially because we're in this weird time. So, from a movie standpoint, typically, you know, you get all your, like, awards movies kind of trickling out, like, November and December. And typically, there's also a bunch of big blockbusters or family movies that come out around Christmas and then the general movie term for uh, January and February is typically dumpuary which is where <laughs> it's usually a very slow month at the th- movies where movies that um, maybe were delayed or they don't think are going to review too well River, they're kind of dumped out in theaters to little fanfare when there's not much else out you know to, to make whatever yeah. money that they can um, that's how it's it's been in the past, and uh, I, that still kind of holds up now. You still get some last uh, awards season things coming out, but we actually, you know, the last big movie to come out was Scream, and there was supposed to be Morbius after that, but it got delayed due to the pandemic again. And there might have been some other things that got delayed, so we just kind of had a two-week stint there where there was no really big releases coming out in theaters and now we have um jackass and the new roland emmerich movie so there you go there's some things coming out in theaters again but it's just a a strange time in it's a strange time anyway in movie theaters due to the pandemic and who's willing to go to them um because if it's not called spider-man no way home then (laughs) people haven't been going as much but uh i have seen one movie and it was Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. yeah. See, I've seen more. I've seen a few movies. But yeah, I've gotten used to seeing new releases at home. I don't want to pay $30 for popcorn. Right now, I like streaming shows more than I like any movies. The production Fair. quality of streaming shows is so high right now. Mm. And they're like 40-minute episodes that it's like you get six mini-movies. It, it just... It's not even comparable for me right now. I love it so much more. Uh, and I think that, like, mini movies might kind of be my jam, baby. I'm not even kidding. Uh, I might go see mini movies in theaters if if they released more. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Um, yeah, I always thought it'd be cool if they... Because, uh, they, you know, sometimes they do showings of, like, shows day one at, like, Alamo. They used to do that. I always thought that was a really cool concept. I always liked the idea of watching uh, that week's hot release live with people in a, in a theater. Uh, mm-hmm. Very cool. Now, you have a point. Yeah, they did that with Walking Dead at Alamo Draft House for mm. a long time. You're right. They did the I think I Walking actually Dead caught some of those uh, now that yeah. you mention it. And it was a cool place for fans to watch with other fans. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, well, that's the uh, thing. That's all we have for Jackass, right? Anybody I was going to say have? before I totally move on. Is there anything else y'all have to add to to the Jackass conversation? Just that um, you know, it has a it has a place in my heart, man. I grew up with it. It shaped me uh, for better or worse. Uh, oh yeah, I did want to say something. One of my uh, funnier memories of Johnny Knoxville is him. I think he was on Fallon or some show. Uh, and him talking about how he took a DNA test and found out that he's like severely inbred, uh, and laughing hysterically. Uh, Johnny Knoxville thinks the fact that he is inbred is funny. Uh, that's really funny. Uh, <laughs> that was, that's all I have. Thank you for that last addition. Yeah, he's inbred. Um, well, anyway, well, let's get on to our uh, fresh out the podcast takes for the week. What have y'all been watching? Anything of note? Boy, the new episode of Peacemaker. Oh, my God. Right. The new book of Boba. Oh, my God. <laughs> I see. Right? I see what you're doing. And here. the new Righteous Gemstones. Right. Or- Super funny. We'll have to talk about them next week. They're so good. Yeah. I need time to compress. Yeah, I'll go into more detail next time. Yeah. But boy, they were just fresh. Certifiably fresh. Certifiably well, fresh. Man, that'd be really funny if something... They were all dog shit? No, if like <laughs> something really bad happened, like pull it, like something very like non-PC happened, and you're like, that was awesome! That'd be really <laughs> Oh man! Uh, no, Drew. Uh, actually, I, there's there, I don't have any TV to talk about, um, but I do have some streaming apps to talk about. Um, okay, I could talk about Paramount Plus and their documentary section. And I know this isn't riveting conversation for most people. I love documentaries. Yeah, uh, Paramount Plus has a massive documentary selection, like way bigger than the rest of the people. Uh, because Disney owns like Nat Geo, so you would think they'd have a lot of great options. They really don't. Um, the entire sections of Paramount Plus, everything's narrated. Uh, so a lot of documentaries these days will be like flyovers of beautiful places, and that's about it. Um, the Paramount Plus, just they're they're narrated. They're great. They're informative. Uh, I've been watching a series called china from above it talks about like ancient china traditional china and flies over a lot of the old ancient uh history historical sites where people lived or still do live and it goes all the way up through modern china and how much they've exploded since like 1980 until 2017 that's actually really cool man yeah it's super cool and there's a whole second season i haven't gotten into yet but uh paramount plus is the place to watch some documentaries did not know that and i also like documentaries yeah, man. Go over there. Check it out. Um, I promised I was going to talk to you guys about... Uh, well, I'll talk about Rainbow Six a little later. Vox Machina, though. That's yeah, the other go for thing. It. I was going to say, once you talk about that, I'll talk about some movies, and then we can go full full yes. video game convo. We'll talk about video games later. I was getting ahead of myself because my notes are out of order. But uh, Vox Machina. Vox Machina is out now on Amazon Prime. It is a critical role which is uh, Critical Role is a web show for people who don't know. I think a lot of our fans are familiar with what Critical Role is. But for those of you who don't know, it's a web show. It's a Dungeons & Dragons show um, that is starring a lot of famous voice actors that you have certainly heard their voices in a lot more stuff than you thought you have. You've yes. heard all of these people's voices your entire life. Yes. Um, so Critical Role is very famous. It's very, uh, as far as 
watching tabletop role playing goes. It's very produced, so it runs like a show. It's not as much improv or rambling. They they really know what they're doing, and they're very professional about it. So they have a ton of fans. Those fans donated money on Kickstarter, I think, right, to fund uh, a movie. And it hit all of its stretch goals and then doubled its stretch goals and then, like, quadrupled the stretch goals. And they ended up going to uh, Amazon, gave them a shit ton of money to produce it, uh, like, to double their production value. So the show is a very high production value. The, The Legend of Vox Machina is a very high production value. It's an anime. But it's not J- Japanese anime. It's an American anime, 100%. Yeah. Um, and it is, there is nudity and there is over the top violence. Yeah. Uh, people are getting cleaved in half. You see bones, you see organs, uh, you see the, the back of a nutsack. And- <laughs> <laughs> Does I mean, it look different than the front of it? Well, actually, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, because it's not full frontal male nudity, it's okay. back male nudity. So you see his little beanbag in between his legs. Um, <laughs> so it's 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 that, right? Know what you're getting yourself into. If you're going to watch it, don't watch it with your kids around. Yes, um, do not watch it, this with your children. It is certainly a parody of tabletop games. So if you're a Dungeons & Dragons fan or a tabletop game fan, you'll certainly enjoy it more. Uh, there's a throwaway line when, like, the the king is looking for uh, adventuring parties, and he says, "All the murder hobos have been murdered, so we have we you know we have to use somebody else." And so, you know, hearing the line "murder hobos" as a tabletop guy is like, "Haha, they said the thing." Yeah. Uh, so you know, there, there's there's good stuff there. It's it knows it's a parody. It's yeah. silly. It's silly right out the gate. It is and it really lets like sets the tone of like. Uh, this is not some serious fantasy show. There's going to be like dick and fart jokes. Uh, they like sack tap each other every now and then. Two of them just sack tap back and forth and keep track of the points. So uh, it's it's even a little immature, but yeah. not childish. It's certainly aimed at adults. I would say it is the best animated fantasy thing that exists. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's if you want that Western fantasy, that that type of feel, it's the best one. That's it. I, I can't think of a better one. Uh, I know I've talked about some anime on here before. I loved Overlord, which has sort of a similar vibe um, of yeah. being you know very violent and sort of a Western type of RPG setting. But Overlord, I thought, did some really fan servicey uh, kind of weird, thirsty stuff. And yeah. even though there's, <laughs> even though this show actually has nudity and is pretty distasteful at times, uh, it's it's in a different way. Honestly, I think, sometimes straight up nudity is less thirsty than a lot yeah, of the. Yeah, that's right. You because you you know what I'm saying. Where I like, do know you, what you're saying. There's not like a bulging top, and there's not like drooling characters or anything. It's just like, look, there's a guy in a bed. He had sex. The camera pans on and moves. Yeah. It's a matter uh, of fact, it's more adult. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly right. It's not so thirsty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really do think that The Legend of Vox Machina is the best animated fantasy adventure that ever existed. Interesting. Um, so let me let me throw some at you. Okay. I want, to, I want you to say uh, better or worse. All right. We'll start off with a big one. Adventure Time. It is better. Oh, man. So, so 
There only uh, there's only three episodes right now. That's fair. That's fair. I, that's that's one fair. of the best parts of Adventure Time is how long the story there's goes and lot. how the characters arcs intertwine with each other. It makes that show so much more complicated and beautiful. Okay. Uh, I don't think Fox Mocking is going to have that. Okay. Yeah. No. That's that. That is fair. Uh, Castlevania. It is better than Castlevania because it is funnier than Castlevania. That's fair. Um, so Castlevania is great and it's dark and it's grim, but it kind of has that, it has that one tone the whole time mm. where Legend of Vox Machina goes through different tones. There is a, uh, a, a vampire clan and a dark city where they live, where the tone is dark and gothic. But also there are towns with big, bright, purple lights that say Gilmore's Glorious Goods. And there's magic items all over the table. Yeah. And it's a high fantasy. Uh, you know, it's it's hilarious. So they they tackle all the different themes in that show instead of being sort of stuck to one like Castlevania. I just wanted to cha- challenge your uh, thing a bit. Because uh, that's, that's a claim. And I will have to, as a huge, yeah. you know how big of a fan I am of animation. Yeah, I think, I think. I, I don't think. I know. And you're not a Critical Role fan either, right? I, I like season two. I watched all, a lot of it, but not all of it. So, no, I I'm not. you're going to love it okay. then. I think you're, with the L word, I think you're going to love it. Um, I watched season one, so I had different expectations, and there are already characters that I've made up my mind how I feel about them. So, for me to watch it, like, that's when I see the character that I hated, I still hate that character. Uh, but you won't have those same yeah. opinions going into it, and I think you'll like it a lot more than I do, and and I like it a lot. That's cool. Uh, no, yeah, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of animation, obviously, and fantasy itself. Um, so I will definitely be given... I didn't realize it was out. I would have seen it's it already. A, it's got a dragon in it. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a TTRPG cartoon made for us, by us. Watch it. Gary's going to certify it fresh. Uh, I probably will too when I see it. So uh, yeah, I can. I am man. I, I don't think I'm even like stepping out on a limb when I say you're going to love the Legend of Vox Machina. I believe you, man. I believe you. I'm for sure gonna check it out. Um, I'm not like a critical role guy, but I I'm interested in this. I think mainly because I have so many friends that that are into this. So like by yeah. osmosis, I, I know just, I want to check it out. I actually. So the funny story I have regarding this is that this morning I was gonna start it up. And I, so I have a two-year-old daughter, <laughs> so she's at a super impressionable age where she soaks up everything like a sponge. Yeah. And it used to be when she was a baby, like if I was up with her Saturday morning, I'd let my wife sleep in and I could sit and watch TV and watch her because she's, she'd be easy and just play. And she's not really watching what's on and you know doesn't understand. But now she's at the point where she pays attention to things. So she was with me and I, st- I started this up and I maybe let it get like 40 seconds in before one character like had a boulder dropped on him and blood splattered everywhere. And another <laughs> one got like, like cut in multiple pieces and it was very violent and, yeah. and a lot of cursing. And I was like, yep, yeah, Nope, not going to happen. Turn yeah. it off back to Minnie mouse. It is. One, yeah. One Don't watch it with your family. That's exactly right. Jahan, there's a certain part, you, you know, as a fantasy nerd that dragons are smart. Yeah. Uh, so during the dragon fight, there's a part where the dragon picks up two people and just flies up like 400 feet and just drops them, mm-hmm. and they just awesome. crack, crack on the yeah. ground and just it like there's the close up of them cracking and dying. It was like, oh, those are the classic dragon moves, right? Uh, 
for us, we need to see that kind of stuff. That's the, oh, yeah, the dragon's intelligent. It's just toying with these people. Yeah. Uh, it's good. It's very good. It's everything you've ever wanted and more. Grog, the character that's mm. voiced by Travis Willingham, is so, so funny. I love his character in the cartoon. I liked him on the show. I love him in the cartoon. Awesome. Uh, that's Ooh. I mean that's all I have to say about Vox Machina. Yeah. I, if if you're a D and D guy, if you're a fantasy guy, uh, this isn't Lord of the Rings. This is like Lord of the Rings is uh, junior high cousin. Yeah, uh, it's it's violent and there's nudity and there's jokes and they're dumb, but also it's fucking awesome. I will be watching this one. Uh, yeah, I believe Zach actually uh, Zach Bernard actually backed it on Kickstarter. Uh, oh, I know that guy. He fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I just I had to do it because I know he listens. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll go through a few things I watched. I watched a movie called Stillwater. Um, this came out last summer, and it stars Matt Damon. And it is he's like a lives in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and his daughter um, what is in an overseas French jail. And it's all about him traveling there and kind of doing what he can to see if he can he can get her out and prove her innocence. This is very loosely, loosely based on the Amanda Knox story in, in real life, but otherwise is a fictional movie. And uh, and it's okay. Um, if you like the, if you like Matt Damon, um I mean, he's really he's good in Matt it, and it's Damon. directed by Tom McCarthy, who actually directed Spotlight, which won the Best Picture Academy Awards uh, a few years ago. But um, this is not going to get any awards love or anything like that. But I was still interested in watching it, and I mean, Matt Damon's the only actor in it that you've heard of. You know, it's a kind of a one man show. Uh, well, and his daughter's played by Abigail Breslin, who uh, was made famous by Little Miss Sunshine back in the day, and she's she's around still acting and a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, and it's fine. It's it's like two hours and twenty minutes long, and so it's one of those movies where the pacing is kind of all over the place, and like you'll start to get invested, and then the movie comes to just a screeching halt, and you kind of get bored and like you want to look at your phone or whatever. And then maybe something happens that you get back into it. And I feel like there's a cut of this movie or maybe <laughs> if it had been written differently where it would have been like a pretty good movie. And instead it's like kind of, eh. this is um, back to my 40 minute movie idea. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I think that the pacing holds it back, holds an okay movie back from, from what could have been like a pretty good movie. So, um, that's Stillwater. <laughs> I watched Love Hard, which, uh, you know, if you don't know, Netflix kind of is, has taken over, like, the Hallmark Christmas uh, <laughs> title, where they, like, every year now on Netflix, there's a bunch of holiday movies that are dropped on the service, and this was one of them. Um, it stars, I, I don't know, and I don't know, Number two, I mean, Jimmy Yang. One. You don't know Jimmy Yang? No, I know Jimmy Yang. He's and he, <laughs> not like from a lot. You know, I've seen him in what Crazy Rich Asians. I've never watched his stand up. You know, um, he was anyway, in, uh, he was fantastic in Silicon Valley. Sorry, 
Oh no, you're good. Uh, so uh, anyway, I watched this. It's it actually, it's dumb, but has its charming moments. But I wouldn't say that it's good. But it's it it's like a if you want to throw on something holiday themed, <laughs> no, during that time next year, you can watch this. It is it's a catfishing movie. It's it's a yeah. A girl in L.A. is a writer, and she writes a dating column, and it's all about all her bad dates, and she finally meets a guy who lives across the country that she thinks is the one that she talks to all the time, whatever. She decides to surprise him at the holidays, goes to meet him, and surprise, she's been catfished, and they have to put on a charade for his parents um, and I'm, keep up the lie. I'm not even kidding. I watched this movie and fucking forgot. There you go. There you go. I, I watched this before our Christmas podcast, oh, and I was wow. going to talk about it, but I totally forgot I watched this. It was uh, fine. Yeah, fine's the right word. Yeah, yeah. It's silly. It's dumb. It's cringy, but also occasionally charming. Ends the way that you would think it it would. So five um, out of ten. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So that's it. That's all. I don't have anything else to say about it. So I, I will... feel bad for you that you're watching Christmas movies out of season starring nobodies. What's wrong? Are you okay? No, I. This I actually. Well, I watched it a couple weeks ago now, and I just haven't talked about it. And so, okay. but I still watched it after Christmas, so it's not like it makes it any better. Yeah, I don't know why I watched this one. I think it just like. It was one of those, I'm laying in bed at night, I want to watch something that doesn't require me to think very hard, and Netflix still has a bunch of its holiday movies kind of trending or at the top, and it was just there, and I'd heard it was okay, and that was it. You know, so uh, that's that's the scenario. Um, a different scenario, I have been wanting to rewatch The Departed yeah. for a long time, um, because I saw it when it came out, and I was in high school. That's fair. And time. I was not a cinephile. I was not this the level of cinephile that I am now. And you know, at the time, I think I watched it with a group of high school friends. I thought it was kind of slow. I probably wasn't paying attention. There was probably like a girl that I had a crush on that I was trying to like impress during Ooh. it or something. You know, who Ooh. knows? But I, you know, thought it was okay. And so I know that it's <laughs> it's well regarded by a lot of Scorsese fans. For different reasons and so i finally revisited this movie after like 15 years or so and uh hot take it's it's really good i okay, like cool i you, liked uh, it a whole whole lot you, i liked it when uh, i saw it it was i thought it was really good when i first saw it you've seen the irishman right true i have <laughs> is it better than the irishman I like The Departed better than The Irishman. Because I decided not to watch The Irishman because it was so fucking it's long. It's so fucking long. But and I liked The Departed, and it fine. seemed it seemed like it was going to be uh, The Departed-esque. Um, to, but maybe, I, maybe I'm calling it wrong. You, I like... I would say you're calling it wrong. I could. I'm I liked The Irishman. I, I like The Irishman, but it's, it's long, and it's really long and it, there's parts of it where it can be kind of a slog. I think it's really good, but, it, but it's just, it is the departed moves, man. Yeah. There's like so much going on and there's so many cool Boston accents and Matt Damon's <laughs> great in it. And Leo's great in it. And Jack Nicholson's being Jack Nicholson. That's a really I don't know funny say. addition. He's great in it. Um, but then you like occasionally get Mark Wahlberg on screen and he's like playing it at 11 at an 11 because he can. 
and uh and alec baldwin's in this movie and like there's just so many people in it and it's fun and and oh i just think it's it's good it's really good i really like the departed yeah um see i did not have the same experience when i was a kid uh i i was in this movie man i thought it was really good uh but i haven't watched it since so i yeah i'm glad to know it holds up but i agree the irishman was not as good as a scary just if you if you're expecting this uh, the departed yeah. was the departed and it it will yeah so be that's hard to equal. i feel like that has just kind of cemented that i'm not going to watch the irishman anytime yeah, me soon too. it's not important if i do it will be when i'm an older old man and i'm bored you don't want a 3 hour movie to be fine you know what i mean <laughs> It's, yeah, I do. Remember, I'm the champion of the 40 minute movie. Yeah, that's fair. It's like three and a half. It's like almost that's, that's, the Irishman is long. It's fucking long, man. I would watch it as a season. I would never sit down and watch it. It yeah, it could have been a fucking season, but whatever. All right. And Bob then man. the yeah. just a couple more things. I'll move through quickly. One I I randomly watched because I had actually never seen this. This one had passed passed me up. Um, Election, which is from 1999, directed by Alexander Payne, okay. and it stars Matthew Broderick and Reese Witherspoon. And have you have y'all seen this movie? No, I thought you were gonna say hey. the movie with Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> oh, what I know what movie you're. T- what is that movie called? And I was like, boy, the campaign. I think yeah. is the name of that movie. I was like, boy, why did you do that to yourself? But no, no, no. Election is about. Um, no, I have Matthew not Broderick this. is a teacher, and Reese Witherspoon's an annoying student who's campaigning for uh, student body president and campaigning against Chris Klein from the American Pie movies. He's also in this, and it's just like a kind of quirky high school movie. Um, it, it kind of has like some dark comedic aspects to it, but um, I liked it. It's good. It's funny, and um, it actually kind of holds up. But it's, uh, you know, it's election. I'll probably, it's it's a 20-year-old movie that I watched, and there it is. So I just thought I'd mention it. <laughs> for for Drew's Oscar Minute this week, so I'll... Uh, Drew's Oscar Minute! Oscars! <laughs> I've talked at length about The Power of the Dog um, weeks ago when I first watched it. Um, this is... Directed by Jane Campion and stars Benedict Cumberbatch and Cody Smith McPhee and Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons. And it was on my top five of the year. And and, uh, yeah, and and I I absolutely loved it. And the thing worth noting here is that at this point, it's looking like Jane Campion's probably going to win the Best Director Oscar the power of the dog has a pretty good shot of getting best picture this year at the Oscars. And so I had not seen a lot of Jane Campion's movies and she is considered to be very important in the film world. Um, she's from New Zealand. So, so a lot of New Zealand films. Um, so I've started watching through her filmography, which are some early movies that some were made for TV, and I'm not going to babble on about them because truly nobody in our audience cares. But I watched Two Friends and Sweetie and An Angel at My Table, which are all of her first early movies um, that are all good in their own way. And then the big one that she made was The Piano that came out in 1993. And... um 
Last week, I spoke about Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, if you remember. Mm. And there's a line in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back where they're talking to uh, Brody in Brody's comic book shop. And Brody tells them that Miramax has optioned Blunt Man and Chronic. It's a movie. And Jay says, and I quote, Miramax, I thought they only made classy pictures like the piano or the crying game. And uh, (laughs) the piano is one of Jane Campion's movies that I have recently watched. So anyway, um, that's it. it. Oh, it's, 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 uh, I mean, it's got some, uh, some seduction. It's got Mm. some, some romance. It's Mm. got some, some affairs that take Ah. place. I mean, there's some some drama. There is a piano. There is a piano. What if there was a Tickling the ivories. There are some ivory keys on the piano. Um, no, and I mean, the piano, <laughs> what is there to say? It's a, you know, almost 30-year-old movie that was nominated for Best Picture. Um, it lost to Schindler's <laughs> List. And Jane Campion lost that year when nominated for Best Director to Steven Spielberg. When and now said... oh, here we are again, and she's probably going to win it all this year. So um, good for her. She's made some good movies. I'm going to continue watching her movies, and I'll let you know if any of them uh, stick out. But as of now, of the ones I've watched, The Piano is probably the most noteworthy it was just released as part of the uh, criterion collection oh. on physical disc which i purchased and had been watching and uh it looks very nice and uh yeah that's it so that when you started is all when you said watching. uh it's a 30 year old i thought you were going to start describing in great detail the piano from the movie and i was oh, like no. i was so i was like what's he doing i was really excited uh, yeah, the only time I've ever done any... I can't really give you shit. I've done this once, I think, where, like, Oscar hype, and then I went and watched all of a director's work. I did it with uh, uh, Bon Joon-ho. Uh, oh, yeah, he rules. I did, yeah. When I when Parasite happened, I watched it. I loved it. I went through and watched, like, all of his movies, <laughs> man. Uh, and I've talked about it before. Mystery of Murder, Hot Fire, or uh, Memory of Murder. Uh, is, a, is, is a fantastic movie. And then also, like, the host. I don't know. But, no, I can't really give you shit for doing this. Uh, I don't do it on the same level you do, but I get it. You know, it's it's a cool hobby, man. Even talk about the plot of the piano, and I'm not going to, but just from an Oscar perspective, it's worth noting, you know, Holly Hunter is in it, and um, Anna Paquin, and Anna Paquin... Uh, was very young during this movie, making this movie, and she won the Supporting Actress Academy Award Mm. and is the second youngest person to have ever won it at the time that she won it. So that's Mm. kind of some interesting trivia for you. But yeah, um, that's it. It's also got Harvey Keitel. Um, You see his dong in it. He's he's fully naked, (laughs) so you see him hanging some dong. Well, now Um, I'll go see it. You You should have started with that. Yeah, I figured like if I need to give something for our audience um, with this, yeah. like I figure I'll just mention that he's hanging dong in it. So you ever yeah. heard about that time that Willem Dafoe was hanging dong and they had to bring in a dong double because his dong was so big it confused everybody on the set, and they said that it. <laughs> Not looked, heard that story. They said that it <laughs> looked weird story. to film it, so they had to get somebody else with a smaller dick. <laughs> We should just change our well, podcast uh, to oh. where and when and how 
to see famous peen in cinema <laughs> and this television. Is, this is Man, Drew's in, front, full frontal male nudity <laughs> podcast. In The Power of the Dog, you come oh so close to seeing Benedict's Cumberbatch, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Very Not good. Quite, maybe you can see, like some shaft a little bit but not the full thing i mean it's you're it's almost almost there i, I shouldn't be making that i was making this motion with my fingers and it's not that but i'm just like it came this close to you seeing the whole thing see benedict cumberbatch's entire shaft and drew holds up a, a little one inch <laughs> finger a little finger measurement you're fucking killing me this uh, is the one thing that, that like now our audience is all gonna go watch the piano and power of the dog just to just, just to, to see some peen just to catch some shaft you know shaft uh <laughs> all right john can you can you move us away from drew's hey. frontal male nudity section are you tired of getting an eye full of peen uh <laughs> <laughs> Come on over to John's Game Corner, where I'm going to start talking about some games. I've been playing some games lately. Uh, you know, I haven't seen any penises in any of these games yet, but it's entirely possible. In this, well, this, then let's go ahead and skip your section. Then. Yeah, skip it. There's no dicks in it, except for, you know, me, because I'm here. Uh, All right, but Days Gone, uh, I talked about the Lunar New Year sale going on on Steam. By the time this airs, it'll be over. Uh, I talked about it last time on the podcast, and I got Days Gone. I've always wanted to play Days Gone, but as we all staunchly uh, are Xbox fans, uh, I, I never get to play any of the PlayStation exclusives, but... Everything comes to Microsoft eventually, which is why I'm an Xbox fan. And I have a PC, so I got to play this cool zombie game. You guys know how I feel about zombies. Um, I've been... Actually, I've been, played a little bit of Days Gone, so... I, I played... You did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I played it. I, I bought it uh, for PS4 um, a few years ago in a Black Friday sale, and I I don't think I ever beat it. I was playing it around the time that I'm... I moved out of one house and into another. And so you know how it is sometimes with gaming where like you were playing something, then you move and everything kind of gets reset and you like, don't pick up that same game from where you were. Oh yeah. I think that's kind of what happened. Like I just, I moved and then I never went back to it and I always planned to, but it's been, you know, three years or so and I haven't played it. So days gone for people who don't know, isn't that the one where you set up sort of like traps in a very large area and you run from impossibly large you waves can. and mounds of zombies so you and kind of lead them into traps? Uh, I, I've played the first, I've played this game for a few hours already. Uh, I, I'm fucking loving what I'm getting. Uh, they have, the camps are cool, easy, small, functional. Everything's easy to find. You're not running around a stupid town. Um... I'm having some issue with some quest tracking, but that's not a big deal. You are a biker. Uh, you're very similar to, like, Daryl Dixon. You even have a crossbow. Uh, but it is worth noting this guy, uh, I forget his name, uh, Deacon, uh, he's an asshole. He's not like Daryl. Daryl can be, like, you know, kind of kind of gruff, but this guy's an actual asshole. Um, but you're going around. You have a buddy you're taking care of. Um, and I think that the way they do their quests is very interesting. Uh, that you have like these, you have quests that feed into like a percentage uh, of completion of like a certain task. 
Um, and so you can kind of do these smaller quests. It's like, hey, that one's going to help your friends survive. So you're moving towards that quest, even though you necess didn't necessarily have to do that. It's really cool. Uh, but the things to note about this game, uh, there is some crafting. It's pretty uh, slick, quick, on-the-fly crafting. You can make a Molotov while you're being chased by zombies, which is cool. Um, I have had to do so because it gets bad. The zombie AI is where this game is at. Um, I'm a huge zombie fan. You guys know this. Everyone listening should at this point understand that I, uh, am, I mean, not a complete expert, but I'm, I'm kind of a zombie expert. So this game, I love what they do with the lore. I love that they have different types of zombies that behave differently. Uh, that's always cool. Uh, and the AI of the zombies, man, they start swarming. Sometimes they'll cut you off. Like they'll run a corner. They'll run a corner on you and catch you. If you think you're safe riding your bike through uh, zombies, bro, one of them will spear you off of your fucking bike. And it is truly terrifying. Um, I was going ham it's on this one game. One of those games where, yeah, like you can't just keep trying. Like sometimes you just need to turn around and go or find a different way to get where you're going because you're just not going to get through. And And it's also, if I'm remembering correctly, like, you know, you're short on resources, so you, it's not like you have a bunch of bullets to unload into these yes. guys. Or you, or there's a location that's that there's zombies scattered around and you need to sneak in and get mm. the resources that you need and try to sneak out without alerting anybody. It's that kind of stuff. Yes, there are. It's cool. I like the little zombies. There's like these little like creepers, and they won't attack you on sight. Like They'll attack you if they, you come in their area or you threaten them. And I think that it's really cool that they act completely different from normal zombies. Um, it's just, man, it is a good time so far. And the fact that they attack, uh, bad guys, like other, uh, living enemies is super cool. You can use it to your advantage. Like sometimes I'll get them to fire their guns and it'll draw zombies and they'll get killed by zombies. I don't have to do that much. Uh, and you can also like lead swarms into camps if you really want to, uh, take people out. And it's just a very cool game with a lot of ways to do a lot of cool things. Uh, I absolutely uh certified fresh i would say it is i had high expectations it is everything i wanted so uh high praise for this game it is one of the better zombie games for sure speaking of new games that came well i guess it's not a new one speaking of games that we've been playing though Jahan and i actually both downloaded rainbow six siege which is now on game pass we were talking about the game earlier and i am under the impression that if i had paid for this game i would not have liked it Wait, siege or extraction? I'm is sorry. Siege, it, siege it is, is the old one, right? Yeah. That's right. And, you know, I'll tell you why I mixed them up. It is extraction. You're right. It's extraction. But extraction uses a lot of the maps from Siege. It does. Uh, but they are reimagined and redesigned. Uh, in extraction, an alien plague has taken over. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of fresh. Uh, they they use the same maps, but they add in like alien pyres and like cars that are suspended up off the ground, like pinned to the roof with a spike through it. Uh, so everything's kind of and, and there's there's different runs of it too. Uh, like they you know they they changed a little bit of things to make the map a little bit more fresh. But the way this extraction works is uh, six siege is like a Counter Strike type of game. There's a defending team, there's an offending team. Yeah, you go in, you plant the bomb. It's really so, fun too. 
Uh, I kind of expected something similar, but not at all. This is a three-person squad game, and it's uh, co-op PvE. Yes. So you're fighting against computers. The computers are aliens, and it's almost a Left for Dead type of feel um, in that the aliens have different powers. Like, there are spitters, and there are jumpers, and there's big, strong ones. Um, They're exploding you have, <laughs> you have almost no health in extraction. Mm. You get hit like four, five, six times, you're dead. Yes. And the really cool thing about extraction that I think really shines, and this is where I think that they had an idea, and they based their game around this idea, which was a cool idea, but it did not make a great game. So in extraction, when you die on a mission, your character is like... Uh, you, you can get revived by a teammate, but the chances of that are really low because when you're down, the aliens still attack you and kill the shit out of you. Like, yeah. they are trying to. They don't forget about you at all. <laughs> they try to finish uh, the kill, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so if your teammate does not save you and does not get you up, your character is covered in, like, insta-foam, like yellow concrete insta-foam, and they're there. That's where your character's at now until the mission's over, and when you go back to character select, you can't pick that character. You have to pick another character and go back to that level and rescue that character. You have to pick yes. them up. You have to take them to an extraction zone and load them back onto the helicopter. So you can lose characters and your characters stay injured. So if you get really hurt during a mission, you're not going to run that character again for two or three missions. Uh, so there's some really cool things about, you know, you die in the, in the first person shooter and you have to extract your character. Those are some cool concepts. As a whole, I just don't think that it's a great game. Uh, I think maybe it's a $30 game, but since it came out for on Game Pass included, so sort of free for Game Pass players, uh, it's fine. I'm not sure how much more I, I will play it. If Jahan's like, hey, man, I really want to play Extraction, then we will. But I don't think I'm ever going to ask Jahan if he wants to play Extraction. Yeah. Uh, so, I yeah, I have some thoughts. Uh, yeah, you touched on a lot of what I would have said. Uh, it, they have really cool concepts. You stay hurt, stay dead. Uh, you have a lot of characters in your pool, uh, but that pool can dwindle pretty quick, especially at lower levels. And we had a lot of problems with the third person, like, ruining missions over and over. Like, we had some back-to-back just fuckheads. And, like... And you can improve survivability, you can wear armor, you can get armor from certain powers that certain characters have. And it is champion kind of base. You do have, like, each character is different with their own suite of weapons and abilities. The abilities are pretty minor, uh, but it's all very cool. Um, I think that the concept is fresh. I think that, you know, they're, they're these cool morphic alien things. I enjoy the quest uh, setup where, like, you're going to do it. It's a th- every mission's three parts. And then you also have the submissions that you can do whenever. Uh, I really do enjoy that. Um, I had a blast playing this with Gary. Uh, it was fun. It is a fun co-op game. If And it's free on Xbox Game Pass day one. That's huge. It is actually. I thought that this was a $60 game. This is a $40 uh, release game. This is not a triple. Like, this is not a full $60 AAA game. Uh like you expect, which explains a lot of the reused maps, uh, but they do alien up the maps and make it fresh. They make it cool. Um, I say play it. If you have a chance to play this on Xbox Game Pass, absolutely. It's free. Uh, if you're going to buy it, maybe. If this is your cup of tea. Uh, no. Don't Gary says buy no. it. I think this is a $30 value, yeah. and it's a $40 game, so I, just wait. Just wait for wait it for, to pop maybe up wait on for a sale. sale. 
any sale, literally any sale, will be the right <laughs> amount to pay for this game. Uh, uh, I don't and you're, disagree you, you too better, hard. I really think you should have some friends to play with too. Like Jahan yes. said, pugs, random players can really that's ruin one your of match. the bad parts about this game is that uh, pugs like. You always have bad teammates in games, but in this game in particular, some of the the nature of some of the quests, one person can ruin. Uh, I'll give you an example. We were on like a like a take and hold mission where you had to like hold a point on the map, uh, and there's these kamikaze guys running at us, blowing up. Right, you got to shoot them before they get to you. Obviously, a guy throws a smoke grenade right on us, uh, so we can't see them coming, and then like okay, accident, whatever. You know, we survive it somehow. Like, I think I got somebody back up because the, the boomers got one of us. Uh, he does it again. So, you know, like, people can just ruin these missions. Um, and that's one of the issues. That it's too easy to do that. But I, I don't think it's a bad game by any means. I think it is uh, a decent game, even at $40. Uh, we're talking, like, a $10 difference between the agreeable price Gary has. Uh I, but, I do, but he's not. I know it's. I know it seems like a big deal, but yeah. or it doesn't seem like a. Big doesn't deal, seem like a big is, deal, but uh, it, yeah, I, it's it's. I'm worried about your value. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, that's fair, you. man. But if you have Game Pass, play it one thousand percent. It's definitely worth the download for free. Drew, in particular, there's this mission type where you have to <laughs> triangulate uh, a signal. And at the top of the screen, all it says is triangulate the signal. Yeah. So if you're a person who can infer things, you know that you need to go get three. But you don't have to get three, and it doesn't say one out of three at the top. It just says triangulate the signal. So when you find box A, you can start triangulating. But then you don't ever find box B and C. And so when you play with a random and it's their first time playing, they don't know that there are three boxes to get. So they start triangulation, and it's not their fault that they just ruined the mission. I, I really am not so mad at the random because they don't know yet. Uh, I don't think we were getting trolled. Um, I think the smoke grenade guy was trolling us. In fact, the the last guy we played with that, that we failed with where he messed up literally all three missions, mm-hmm. he sent me a message afterwards and apologized. <laughs> oh, wow. He was, he was, yeah, he was like, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, he was like, sorry, man, I'm still learning the controls of the game. And I was like, no big deal. It's like three in the morning. I'm going to bed. And, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it's, it's not – I don't think that was totally the random's fault. Uh, I think there's something in the game design that could have stopped that from happening. Yeah, like, you're right you about that one. You have to discover all three before you can fucking start the yeah. thing. So Maybe what Gary's talking about is you have to start with A and then go to B and go to C in order. And as soon as you hit the first one, a, a clock starts ticking. So the way to do it is everybody stands at one or at least stand at the second one as well so that you can go boom, boom, third. But – yeah, it, it is You've definitely got like twenty seconds to get them. You don't have like you, you have know, a 10 good minutes. point. It you have twenty indeed. seconds, so you can't even. Yeah. If you don't know where you're going, you can't get across the map fast enough to do the thing. Uh, it's just bad design on the on the game designer's part. It's just an oversight, I think. It could be fixed with a quick patch, but right now, as the game was released, I don't think that Rainbow Six Extraction is certified fresh. It's, you're not getting it from me. <laughs> uh, I, I also won't certify this fresh. Um, I, me and Gary absolutely agree on that. And me and Gary don't... I mean, if you watch the show, you know that we definitely don't agree. Uh, like, even often, we... Uh, no, we, yeah. Which is funny. Usually, but yeah, this one we absolutely right. agree on. 
<clears throat> yeah, I don't like anything, and Jahan usually does. So for us to both say that this is not certified fresh, maybe you should wait for it to go on sale. Yeah, or just play it on Game Pass. Game Pass free. But speaking of Game Pass, right? So I've been waiting on uh, a game to come out for a while. I just pre-installed it on my PC. Uh, I've been waiting. I knew it was coming to Game Pass. They announced it a while ago. Uh, Warhammer Total War 3 uh, is coming for free uh, on the PC uh, Game Pass. So I'm very excited for this one. Anyone familiar with the Total War series, this is it. But in the Warhammer uh, setting, and it's the third one because all the other ones have been such fire. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited for this one. I already have it pre-installed, like I said. Uh, I'm hoping Gary will play this one with me. Yeah, so I played, like, Rome Total War when mm. I was a kid, and yeah. I loved those games, but, like, man, it has been, like... It's been a while, yeah. Years. Yeah, they have Rome. Maybe uh, 20 years. They have Rome, Shogun. Uh, they, there's, like, there's like 30... There, there's so many titles in the Total War uh, repertoire. Uh, I'm a fan of Warhammer, and I used to like the Total War games. I just haven't played one in so long that I know I'm going to be up shit creek for a while. Me too. I mean, I'm going to be... Yeah. This game, it's everything you love about Total War with demons and magic and fantasy races. Uh, it's the other two were fire. This one's going to be great too. I can I I will say this one's going to be fantastic. Uh, I get to control armies of fantasy orcs and stab people, so I'm yes, in. yeah, that's it. Uh, so that one's another fresh deal from the Xbox Game Pass. This one's coming out in February. You can pre-install now. Uh, this other game. I was very excited. It just popped up in the coming soon section. It doesn't come out for a few more months. Uh, but as you guys know, surprisingly uh, to some people, I am a huge fan of simulation games uh, like The Sims, uh, any amusement park builder, all that stuff. Uh, Beavers. The, yeah, Timberborn. I love. I'm excited to play that one. Uh, Two Point Campus uh, is coming to Game Pass uh, right now it's available for pre-order only, so I'm thinking this might actually come out day one on Game Pass, which is interesting. Uh, it is. It is coming out day one. Excellent. And so that's the same makers of Two Point Hospital, right? Same makers of Two Point Hospital, which was mm -hmm. also, and I think still is, on uh, both Xbox and X uh, PC Game Pass. Um, Two Point Campus is the same people that made Two Point Hospital, but it's a uh, college. It's a college campus, and you're trying to, uh, I imagine, educate people. I see a clown. I see a kid that looks like a vampire uh, and a wizard. So I imagine you're trying to uh, build all the classrooms to accommodate these interests and get these degree programs on track so that you can be the best campus uh, in Two Point. Uh, I'm very excited for this one. Like, Don't let me undersell it. I'm ecstatic that this is coming for free for me. Uh, it's another win in the Jahan game column for sure. Uh, and that's all about video games for me. One thing, just to, talking about Game Pass titles, I'm just really excited because they just recently put the um, the Hitman trilogy on yes. there with the newest Hitman games, which I've played the first one and I loved it. I haven't played two and three, and I actually three is pretty new. Like three only came out towards the latter part of last year and i remember getting angry because i wanted to play it on xbox mm. um 
but it was not on sale during Xbox's Black Friday digital sales. Yeah. But it was for PlayStation. Like, it was a really good price for PlayStation. I was like, eh, I'm going to hold out because I really want to play it on Xbox and not on my PlayStation. No. And sure enough, that worked out for me because the trilogy just came to Game Pass. And so 1, 2, and 3 are all on there. So I'm excited. Those are games that have always interested me. And no, that does bear mentioning because we are talking about Xbox Game Pass. Uh, we're not sponsored by them. We'd love to be uh, because we're all such huge fans and it's nice to be sponsored by somebody uh, whose product you support act genuinely um and hitman is always one of those series that i've always wanted to play but i've never gotten to so i'm excited i, I really dug in deep to hitman 2 uh it's lovely it's a great game nice. i really enjoyed hitman 2 long-running franchise but the the newest iterations of it this most recent trilogy are like there's only, you know, a handful of maps, but they're huge and there's so many different paths you can take through them. Like you can literally spend hours and hours on any one level. And it's for me as an OCD gamer who likes checklists and lots of things to do. You can look at the checklists and see all the different ways to finish it and like make it your goal. Like, OK, I want to do it this time as this chef and take out this person or do it yeah. this time and exit the map through this helicopter instead of this boat. Like there's so, so many funny different that ways as a checklist really cool. person that it, it attracts you that way, because as a person who is not a checklist person, that's what attracts me to replay it because I'm just doing it, right? And the first time, I might just do it as an assassin. I might just want to walk in and shoot somebody in the face, but I might have noticed that there was like a makeup station or something on the left or a waiter station. And so just my sheer curiosity is like, I wonder how else I could do it. I wonder how else I could do it. Uh, and it's, you know, like you said, you could spend a, an hour in the map and you could s discover new things. Like there's an attic and in that attic is a, like a phantom of the opera outfit. <laughs> and you can like totally go down in phantom of the opera, somebody kill him and run out the back door and jump in a boat and zip off. Uh, and it's that kind of replayability and those kind of options that drew me to tabletop role playing games in the first place. And Hitman really has, it's its always had that different approaches, and it just builds on that in a more and more beautiful way. Uh, even as far as a level where you get in a radiation suit and, like, walk a guy into an airlock and then fill the room full of, uh, like, uranium, and you melt him. Like, What? What is that? Why is that an option of a way to finish a kill? Uh, it's awesome. I love Hitman. The Hitman series is cool, and I haven't played Hitman 3, but I can imagine that with what they did with 2, 3 is more of the same. Yeah. No, I, I, that's one that I'm definitely going to download eventually. Right now, I've got uh, Mass Effect, which is another Game Pass hit here uh, going on, so I'm kind of busy with that. But I will get to Hitman eventually, I think. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's it for Game Pass news. But I haven't talked about Kickstarter in a while. I've been poor. Uh, so I've just been <laughs> trying not to kick myself in the nuts on that too much. Uh, but uh, one of my Kickstarters finally came in. Something I paid for a long time ago. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about breathing. I got the director's cut of the Shiver TTRPG horror role-playing game. You guys can look for uh, more of this kind of content uh, about Shiver on my TikTok and uh, potentially on our channel. At some point we have done an actual play of this. It's on our YouTube right now. Uh, we've done two actually. Yeah, we did the, um, 
the quick start adventure, and then we did uh, a original make by me uh, that was actually a sequel to that uh, first adventure. A lot of fun, uh, but yeah, I got the all-in director's pledge. I have the game master screen, uh, the custom dice. Uh, I got the art book right here, and the art is fantastic. Uh, I know you can't see it at home, but it's just such a what, what's the term? Um, not campy. It's very. I don't know, man. It's it's really good. It's sort of a movie monster. Yeah, yeah, it's got a good movie monster uh, animation quality. I wish to uh, it. Uh, if I knew more about art than I do. <laughs> yeah. Phone a friend. Someone asked Thomas what movie monster art is called. Right. And then this is uh, the Curse Library. It is a full hardcover adventure. Uh, just boom. It's right there. I'm pretty excited about that. And then, of course, you have the full, like, 400-page, uh, full-color, beautiful hardcover TTRPG book uh, right there. I also have, you know, they gave me the PDF with it. I got the all-in pledge, and I am not disappointed at all with what I got for my money. It was like 100 bucks. Um, I, I'm very happy about it. I'm very excited about it. I already started making TikToks about it. Uh Somebody please go like them. No one, no one did. So you know. <laughs> uh, it's always it's always heart uh, disheartening people not to like your TikToks. Uh, but yeah. So the other where'd it go? So the other thing that I want to mention uh, there's a, there's a couple of Kickstarters that I actually think are pretty cool on the horizon. Uh, I wish I had money to back to myself, but this one particularly is a wallet drainer. Uh, Marvel Zombies by the creators of Zombie Side. Uh, they have a pledge for about a hundred and like twenty at the base, and then they go all the way up to four hundred and fifty. Uh, I would be lying if I said I've never paid that for a board game before. But hey, here it is, Marvel Zombies. It is based on the Marvel Zombie comics. Uh, you guys probably saw it on the What If uh, Disney episodes of the What If uh, Marvel. Uh, and if you get the biggest pledge, you get like a like a Galactus. It's like a foot tall, a zombie Galactus. So it's very cool. You get what you pay for. Um, and then the other thing is a TTRPG called Across a Thousand Dead Worlds. Um, and that one looks fantastic. Uh, we're going to try and pull it up for the people watching. But uh, Across a Thousand Dead Worlds is a TTRPG right now. I think they already hit their goal. Uh, and it looks like probably they just launched, too. Um, the art looks beautiful in this. Uh, they're already sitting at almost... They're about to hit $100,000 pledged. Uh, for the record, Marvel Zombies, I think, said $5 million uh, already. That's what happens when major companies use this platform. Uh, we can talk about the ethics of them doing that. But this uh, sci-fi horror game called Across the Thousand Dead Worlds sounds really fun and I'm hoping that we might be able to get someone from there on the channel at some point and maybe have them run us through a game so uh, that is my Kickstarter roundup for this week and uh, there's there's some good stuff on there, check out support indie developers for sure yeah that's right, speaking of indie developers, we had an indie developer on Fresh Out the Box uh, milestone play. We had a lot of fun with them. You should yeah. go check out our Twisted Peter Pan adventure that we had. Uh, it's kind of like a dark, grim brothers telling of uh, uh, a haunting 
uh, powerful Peter Pan who is power hungry and what happens to lost boys who get too old to fit into the it tree. It was chilling. And one of the viewers said that it gave them nightmares. So uh, it's in two parts up on our YouTube. You can check that out as well. Uh, Joshua friend of the show from Miles of Play. Great guy. Uh, and he's hireable as a dungeon master professionally. So check that out. Uh, but that's it for me. You guys got anything? I got nothing, man. No, no, just the just the same old I'm Casualty CDG, and you can find me at Casualty CDG. If you want to check out me and Jahan playing uh, tabletop games and board games, we have a YouTube for that. It's fresh out the box. You can also catch us live at twitch.tv backslash Jahananan. That's where you can win giveaways and win prizes. Right now we're doing a Wednesday superhero game. Uh, we're calling that one hashtag Wonder Wednesday. We're playing Steve Kinson's Icons every Wednesday. And then every Thursday, we're playing another indie game by Felix Isaacs. This game's not even out yet. Uh, the game is Wild Sea, and it's an adventure across the top of canopies uh, far in the future after the verdancy has taken effect. Trees rule the entire planet, and different mismatched races of things from squid people to electric jelly folk to ghosts and even sentient colonies of spider folk sail on sawtoothed ships across these treetops and get into trouble. Uh, so we're having a lot of fun with our games every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then, of course, tell your friends about Fresh Out the Podcast. Now we've got over, I don't know, I say over a 1,000 downloads, but that's old news. It's probably over over like 1,400 now. I'll have to check. Uh, <laughs> thanks for your support, guys. We appreciate y'all being here. Uh, yeah, and I've been Jahananan. I am the Game Master Extraordinaire and Board Game Guru and Resident Zombie Head uh, at RockFact on Twitter and at uh, Jahananan1 on TikTok. So check me out there for some of my in-depth TTRPG nonsense that I love to do. And I'm Drew Munhausen. You can find me at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. Thank you for listening to episode 31 a fresh out the podcast stay fresh y'all <laughs>